Welcome to my podcast, Freestyle. This episode is kindly sponsored by NAF. NAF are manufacturers of five-star supplements and applications. Today, I'm honoured and delighted to welcome Danish Olympic dressage rider, Catherine Defoe. Catherine is one of the most loved and iconic dressage riders in the world. Just to name a few of this extremely talented lady's successes, she's won several medals at the Junior and Young Rider European Championships. She's competed at two Olympic Games, and this year she won individual silver on a top horse bohemian at the European Championships in Hagen. In this episode, I get an insight into Catherine's daily life, her journey to reaching her first Olympic Games, her relationship with her horses, her training philosophy, her recent successes, and so much more. I really hope you enjoy this episode and please share it on social media. Thank you very much for listening. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Hi Catherine. Welcome. Hi, you. Good thank you so much. No, thank you so much for agreeing to come on to my podcast. It's an absolute honour. Oh, so sweet of you. And how are you? All good? All good, thank you. So, firstly, huge congratulations. It just feels like you've had the most incredible year with all of your horses. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a busy season, but also really fun and sort of like educational season. I've learned a lot, I feel, since uh, <laughs> since January this year. So I'm I'm really, really happy. It's just been absolutely amazing to watch. I mean, obviously, for your Instagram, I feel like I know you so well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's um, I, I, I find it good fun trying to show people um, a bit of my everyday and also the competitions at, at Instagram. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a bit tricky with all the haters. It's more people that are, you know, happy about following us. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy. I'm sure you've got a lot of fans. Though. Anyway, can we go back to the very beginning? How did your passion for dressage really develop? And what was it specifically about dressage that you were drawn to? I mean, it started when I was five years old and a girl from school, she invited invited me to the local riding school. And I was like, yeah, that's nothing for me. But then uh, within a heartbeat, I was just totally yeah crazy. I remember that like my passion with the horses were were never about the, the riding was more the grooming and you know the everyday with them yes so um yeah the riding got a um a bigger part like way later on but it was more like being with the horses and yeah being around them and when you were growing up which other dressage riders inspired you like who did you look up to um I mean it was actually more like the local uh, girls at the riding school that I looked up to when I was something like 10 11 I weren't yeah. really into like big sport back then at all. So uh, I looked up to some of the girls at the yard and some of the horse girls, you know, the, the bigger girls who were riding bigger horses. And uh, yeah, so it was more like the, the girls surrounding me than, than the actual, you know, big idols back then. Um, it yeah. was later on I started to get inspired from, you know, yeah, the big international riders. And pre your success in Young Riders on Cassidy, can you talk us through the journey of finding him and just a little bit about your life? pre-Cassidy I suppose um and did you have to like any sacrifices in order to have him yeah I mean it started uh yeah 11 or soon 12 years ago um yeah. and um I had a junior's horse that was injured so we were looking for another one yeah or yeah one more and uh, then Andreas he called me Andreas Hel- and he said well I have this super junior horse he'll never ever do Grand Prix but <laughs> he'll be great for, for juniors and we were like but that's fine we're not we're never going to do the Grand Prix. We just want to do juniors really good. Yeah. And then we bought him. And um, I mean, 30 days later, I had the first uh, individual silver medal at the Europeans. Wow. So that was quite uh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And then to keep him, I mean, um, 
uh, I actually wanted to stop riding when I was um, turning, you know, U25. Oh, really? But then, but then my my old trainer Rune Bilum, he said, "Well, you can't stop. Come on, just stay in the game and give it a go." And but it, it took a while to get him to to the U25 or the Grand Prix. So like among that journey, I I, I mean, I was a bit doubting whether it could happen or not. But then Kyo uh, Kuklan started to come at the yard, and she sort of cracked the code to, to Piaf Tassars and then yeah everything really started and I mean of course um, after the first Olympic Games we had plenty of offers coming in on him and um, my family was really um, fantastic there and they told me well we're fine if you sell him and you can have I mean we only want the money we, we bought him for and you can have the rest Okay. And I was like, wow, okay. Because <laughs> that was sort of like a point of no return. But I'm just so happy that I decided, no, I want to priority the sport and not the money because you can't ride Grand Prix on money. Yeah. Um, so I'm so thankful that I kept him because he sort of like shaped the rest of my career, I feel. And he 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 made it possible for me to enter international like big Grand Prix sport. And um, yeah, he's taught me so much. I think you said somewhere I was reading as well that you um, had to improve his PR quite a lot. What were some of the exercises you did to do that, if you don't mind? Yeah, I mean, he, he couldn't really do either Piaf or Passe. It was <laughs> it was uh, it was far, far away. Um, but then Kura, she she came in with some like actually some basic things. Um, I remember some of the, the things was like, for example, the, the, the strap on the saddle and a short jumping whip yes. instead of a long whip. So I um instead of you know tapping him on on his spot, she learned me how to to use the jumpers whip, either on the numna just just behind the saddle or um or on the shoulder. Oh really? And that's sort of yeah, because I mean I've never ridden with a whip on him, so it's, it was a little bit weird teaching him that with a long whip, you know, with the piano yeah. But he sort of found the rhythm way better when tapping him on, on the numna or on the shoulder so that was when when it sort of started and he he realized oh okay there's something here i have to learn and at one <clears throat> at what point did you kind of think okay the the olympics it, it can happen you know this is realistic now so i i did in 2015 i did my first um international seniors competition in october and yep. ended up last oh. <laughs> uh so that was the tough one and this is like seven months before the Olympic Games in 16. But then uh, I think three weeks later, I did a show in Holland and uh, we actually won two classes there, like with uh, okay scores. And I remember feeling, okay, this could be something. And we were talking a little bit about it and we decided to January 16. And it went totally wrong again. I mean, he wouldn't do any of the Grand Prix things and it was just awful <laughs> so it was a little bit back and forward quite quite close to the olympic games actually but then um like suddenly i mean i was also brand new at grand prix level you know it was something totally else i was super stressed a new test new competitors like everything was just new so um yeah but then suddenly we we cracked the code and i i won the danish championship in in may i think yes and then i went to aachen and was selected for the olympic games so it was really like and then we were there <laughs> Imagine the, uh, the the emotions when you were like finally selected must have just been you know it should must have been an unbelievable feeling. <laughs> so actually, I went to Aachen and it went horrible in the Grand Prix. He was so tense for the atmosphere. Oh no. And then it, it was a little bit better in the special, but then you know uh, then in uh, we always select on Saturday after the special, 
and but I was so sick I had the food poisoning oh, so no. I was actually in my hotel room you know really I couldn't leave the room and then I just remember like something like three in the night I woke up and my daddy he has put the uh, the envelope on my um, my bed table you know yeah yeah with the rings and I could see okay shit we were selected so oh. I woke up with the crazy food poisoning in the middle of the night and um, and realized, wow, we we, we did it. <laughs> that's a, that's an amazing story. That's quite yeah, funny. yeah, it is. <laughs> and when you were younger, Catherine, um, did you ever leave Denmark to go train or go to Holland and Germany and things, or did you always stay in Denmark? No, I actually had a few offers. Um, and thinking better back, I, I I maybe I should have taken some of them because I mean, it's also it develops a rider great when you leave yeah your own yard and do something by yourself. But um, but I never did. I stayed with uh, Rune Villa, my old trainer, and uh, I'm just so thankful for, for everything he's done for me and with me. That's amazing. And I, I, I felt that we really, I mean, he knew Cassidy better than anyone else and um, really loved my team back home. And I, during high school, I started my own business. Yeah. So I didn't really want to leave that because I felt that it was, there was something there. Um. Yeah. And then now it's <laughs> 10 years ago almost. And uh, yeah, I kind of survived it. <laughs> Was that sort of training other riders and ho- and having horses in for training and things when you say an- another business? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I mean, uh, in the second year of high school, I started this little business with having students and having horses in training and traveling, you know, to do clinics and so. And my parents told me I, I wanted to have like a um, a year off after high school and say, well, you can have one year and you can like show us that the business can run. And if not, you have to do like to do a normal education. Yes. So I, I figured out I better start a bit before. <laughs> And um, who do you currently train with? So uh, for the last three or four years time, I've been training with uh, Kira Kirkland and Natalie Susan Wittgenstein. And I'm just thankful for ladies. I mean, they are fantastic. And um, it's just so much fun riding with them. They are super curious. They are always open to, to like new ideas. And it's just crazy motivating and, and I've learned so much from, you know, them being so experienced. Yes. Yeah. So they have really taught me a lot about, you know, being at the big shows, management and everything. I'm just really, really thankful to have yeah, them in my team. It sounds like they're uh, very encouraging. That's yeah, they style. are. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really. Yeah. And curious sort of, yeah, she feels like family. She's my grandma almost, you know, she's just like so warm and yeah, they're both so funny. So I, I love when they're in Denmark uh, coaching me and it's just, yeah. How often do you get to train with them? So it depends a little bit. I mean, we often meet up the day before and then we, we, we ride together a few days and a few horses. Yes. But in, in another month with any, like without any competitions, it's it's often two days in a row and then maybe once or twice a month. Can we talk about your top horse, Bohemian? Yeah, of course when, we can. When did you first see him and what was your first ride with him like? Um, I had him at the yard at um, the 1st of January uh, when he was turning five. And um, I was told that he was a really hot one. Um, and... <laughs> And and he was. I mean, uh, the first two weeks, I think, my groom, she was like walking around with me because he was so tense in his back when I when I had to mount to to go up on him. Um, so it was. I, I thought, well, this one is gonna buck me off like crazy. But he never ever did anything. I have to say, but he was so hot and so tense in the beginning. <laughs> so I really, yeah, I was a little bit afraid in the beginning. But but um, he was actually just in my stable to get sold quite cheap because he was really trotting like a chicken and yeah really a normal horse really and then yeah then after like i think maybe two months i i called the owners and said well 
you better come by because a lot has happened. <laughs> so he really picked up, you know, things really quickly. And I've, I've just loved riding him from, from the beginning. He's always been really naughty and like his own and yeah. had his own opinions. Yeah. But he's fantastic and he's always had so much talent. And, you know, with the flying chains, he just did it. With the period, he just did it. He's just really clever. He looks like he looks so elastic to ride. I don't know if he is, but he just... No, but he, he gives a fantastic feeling. He's super elastic. And even though he's a huge moving horse, he's amazing to sit on. And he's he's really, really fantastic. And and a totally different time that, than, than Cassie. I mean, he has normal gates and it's more like created with him. Whereas with Bohemian, he's just, oh, he, he feels really fantastic, yeah. Yeah, it looks like your relationship with him, you're almost just thinking it and, you know, it just happens. It's amazing to watch. Definitely. I mean, he he's, um, I've sort of had to learn to cope with him differently. I mean, with Cassie, I've always could tell him, you know, it's today, boy. It's really important <laughs> that you do your best and even more today. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, 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 mom, I'll do it, I'll do it. Whereas with Bohemian, you have to talk a little bit more about it and sort of take pressure <laughs> off and say, well, we're just going to dance today and do like we normally do. And then he's like, okay, okay, just doing the job. You, you can't really add in the same way as, as I've been able to do with Cassie. <laughs> it sounds like you've almost answered my next question, actually, which I was about to ask you. Um, do you choose similar types of horses? But you just already said that they're very different. Yeah, uh, but still, but yet they have like some, they, they have a little bit of the same temper. They are super hot. Yes. Always forward and has like three good basic gates. Yeah. So that that's like my three biggest things. I, I want them crazy, crazy hot. I, I, I really don't want to kick. I hate to kick. So I'd rather say, prr, prr, you know, Wait. So that's my number one. And then they are, they are really like super rideable and they're, they're clever. I mean, they, they, they get things really quickly. Um, fact that they are, yeah, you know, they just want to fight with me and not against me. And so you don't have any preferences if you work with Geldins, Mares or Stallions, do you ride? No, no, no. Yeah. I, I don't mind. And neither with the same with the papers. I mean, I really don't mind as long as I have a, a, a horse that's willing to work, has like the basic things you need and hot timber. And um, what age do you start to ride? Um, I must have been something like 18, I think, 17, 18. I started a small business. I actually had Cassidy stable at, at Hopgard, where, where he comes from. Yes. Uh, a few years and that was why I, I rented a stable and had like started having horses in training and getting more students and sort of trying to build up or finding out what does it take to to live from you know from yeah. this world yeah and in terms of the, the age of the horses what age do you start to train them are they four or five um I, I prefer them yeah from five I mean yeah. I've had many four years old but it is a bit of a high risk you know because it it is more risky and you fall off more often on a four years old than a five or six years old. Of course. Yeah. So I've, I've sort of, uh, I really try to pick them from when they're five. And also I, I'm not the best one, you know, to kick and whip them when they're naughty. I'm like, I, I love to educate them and, yeah. and school them with, you know, the technical. Th- yes. But I'm not yeah. the one that, uh, that gives them, you know, 10 in the ass when they're naughty. I'm, I'm not good at that. So uh, <laughs> I'd rather have them when they're a little bit more, you know, when they can do walk, trot, and canter in a nice way, and then they just just have to learn the tricks. Um, can you describe kind of like a typical week with your horses? What is the stru- what's the structure of the training? I know you're very busy competing them, but when you are mm. at home, how does that how does that all work? So I I maximum work them two days in a row. So I yeah. often like just a typical week could be Monday like 
light work, maybe pole work, um, just having them in a low and deep frame, no exercises, but just, you know, making them supple and soft and yeah, feeling good in the body. Yes. And then often on Tuesday, I, I write, I mean, if, if they were good on Monday, then I write a bit more exercise and I collect them a little bit more and uh, might go through some of the combinations if there is a test, like a competition in the weekend. Yes. Um, and, you know, with a little bit more intensity on Tuesday. Yes. Okay. And then Wednesday could either be like water, lungs work, uh, some piaf work from the ground, pole work, hack out. I mean, Wednesday is often a bit more chilled because um, after a tough day of training, I want them to yeah recover. Yes. And then a light work again, you know, just trying to get them supple and yeah, easy work, low intensity work with uh, plenty of sort of like leg yieldings and rhombus and just to make them really soft and nice. Yeah. And then again, Friday could be a, a high intensity day again, Friday or yep. Saturday, depending on, on the schedule. Um, so either a light day Friday or a high intensity and then uh, often one day competition the weekend and one day off and then over again. Sounds like you're uh, very busy at the moment. Do you, I know you train Annabella Pidgeley. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have time to train other riders as well? Yeah, that- part of my my business that I, I teach other riders and I have a, like my heart is really with with the younger riders because I find it super funny to yeah to coach them and I can see so much of my of myself in them often yeah and Annabella she's of course like one in a million she's really she's really tough and she's she's a hard worker I know that people are talking oh yeah they have plenty of money but she mm-hmm knows yeah. what it takes and she's up every day at five you know riding with me on skype and then she's in school for 10 hours and back riding again so she she's a tough lady yeah, she's got and, uh, yeah she's got what it takes for sure that's so good you've always had i think you've come across as someone that's got a lot of self-belief and i know that you have a mental coach and mm-hmm. but would you say that you've always had uh, inherent self-belief that it's come quite natural to you or have you had to work a lot on that I mean, on the mental part or on the writing part? What do you mean? Mental part. No, I mean, uh, it's a bit hard to describe because I've I've actually had a mental trainer since I was quite young. Yes. So I, I'm not sure if I've, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's been a journey, but I started really young with it. So um, I can't really remember how it was without it. And I, I find like I find the, the mental tools like the biggest tools when we are away because um, we can all do the Grand Prix when we are at Olympic Games. You know, yeah. all the riders there can do a great Grand Prix. But if you want to join the top, then it's it all comes down to the day who can handle the nerves the best, sure. who sort of who can stay sharp and who feels the most comfortable and who believes the most in himself. And so it's no, it's been a journey, but I'm thankful that. Uh, the Danish Federation started this early with us and sort of opened that door so we could see okay this is mental training and mental coaching and this is what is this is what it can do yeah because you've also worked I can I can see on Instagram as well with your you know personal fitness has been a big thing for you and Mm. at what point really think okay this is seriously important to my riding it was actually before the first Olympic Games um and I've always thought well if riders were also like considered as athletes, but you know, yeah. know the cliche, yeah, it's just a horse carrying you around. Uh, and yeah. all riders, they know it's not. But I mean, we we want we one of the only disciplines that like where, where where everyone is not working out. You know what I mean? Besides riding, yeah, yeah we yeah. ride ten horses a day, but in order to 
get like better or be- become better athletes and and sort of live up to what we do with the horses i find it very important for myself to do like gym training and it, it's not always like heavy strength training it's more like coordination balance um pulse training you know so that like when i come to the last extended in the grand prix special yes. i can still take the, the the right choice instead of having a crazy high pulse and just doing something because oh this is hard <laughs> so so i find it important to sort of yeah get the message out there we also athletes of course and then train and behave like like it right uh, uh, yeah and, and I... it, 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 there's different like different things work for different riders but the, the the training at the gym can definitely help like any riders to become better riders yeah, that's interesting to know. And do you have a feed regime for your horses? And have you got any top tips that you could share with us? Back when Cassie, he was really crazy. And, you know, that back in, um, I think it was maybe in 14. And we tried to, you know, do the jump up to um, to the Grand Prix. I actually talked to, um, yeah, some of the riders in the world that are using Saracen. And, and I was um, told that they had a special product for really hot horses. Yeah. So I contacted Saracen and said, well, I have this really crazy little... <laughs> chestnut and uh how can you help me uh, and uh, so so i have i have different different kinds but i think mostly it's important to feed like as many times a day as possible yeah uh, so they don't have like too too big amounts of, of food yeah but also find i mean i i try to keep it simple yeah really so- i don't have like 10 different types of food it's like for the fresh one, for the normal one, and for the lazy one. And then we try to combine it and also just think about, okay, is it is it in good shape, actually? Yeah. If this is a lazy horse, is it because it's too fat? Have we done the conditional training good enough? And, you know, so, so think like all the way around instead of only blaming the food if there's something that's not working. Of course, yeah. Yeah, it was being systematic and just... Mm at it all but not making it complicated seems to really work for you so that's exactly good. i know you've been around the whole world competing Catherine, and you've got i'm sure there's lots of different shows but if you had to name two of your favorite shows to compete at where would they be that would be herning in denmark yes and then i have to mention two others <laughs> top 10 in stockholm and jødeborg in sweden okay it's and and it's all three indoor shows and um it is simply because the indoor shows i mean the atmosphere is maniac yeah and uh, and in sweden and in denmark it feels a bit like home soil and the audience they uh, they kind of love both both the swedes and the danes yeah so it's it's really good fun you you strike me as someone that really enjoys the atmosphere and that really like pumps you up and gets you going i think yeah and i think it's like um i, I it's maybe not that I enjoy the atmosphere, but it's more like I really want to give people something back. Yeah. Because, you know, it's crazy to go in there and it's it feels so fantastic to feel that people are just right behind you and they just want you to do good. Yes. And yeah. somehow I just want to sh- show them that, that I'm I'm really thankful for that support. Yeah. And um, yeah. And by that, trying to yeah show them that I'm happy for it. And yeah. Yeah. Try to enjoy it. And talking on a show day, what's your routine? Do you do something, you know, specific? I almost, uh, or I always do the morning training. Um, I yep. really like to get them out from the morning. Uh, and it depends on like how much energy and so on, how much, but as little as possible, as little as needed. And then often I go back to the hotel or yeah, whatever and, and have training in the gym. Uh, not, not a crazy training, but just to get my body going and check up on the coordination things and the balance. Yes, and then often I yeah, go back to the horses fairly quickly. I love to be in the stable almost all day. 
Yes. Um, so I yeah I love to sit in the stable and be around the horses and then depending it's... on the start time I mean I I just try to chill try to enjoy that I don't have to ride like 10 horses when I'm at the showground I mean I've never been in your position but what is it like like you know when you're top three in the whole world do you watch the your other competitors or is it easier not to do that what do you do I love to watch them train but the, the tricky thing is um I'm we always we almost always in the same part of the class so we we can never get to see each other really because yeah. then we're either warming up or cooling down, or so. So it was it, the last two weekends. I've been second and third in the classes, yeah, which has been really good, yeah. Because then I've actually had time to, you know, go up and see the second, uh, second part of the class and just enjoy to see the other riders. And I mean, I, I'm never really getting nervous from watching them. I just want to learn. But I find it, I often find it more interesting to see them, you know, in the daily training. Yeah. And you never really know when they are having the daily training, often at the feminization where I'm also riding. So yes. so uh, it's nice being in uh, in the in- environment because yeah. you get inspired just by being there. But it can be a little bit tricky to um, to sort of like see a full training with the, some of the other riders. Yes. And presumably what <clears throat> riders inspire you, you don't have one favorite rider or anything. Um, everybody's inspirational, I'm sure. Yeah, it is really. I mean, of course, there's a few that, that has done like better than others. But I think that all riders, I mean, everyone has something special and something they're really, really good at. Yes. And we course. have to remember that. Um, yeah. And you know, just going back again a little bit, when, when you were first learning your Grand Prix, um, so like for me, I've sometimes struggled with changes and things. Did you ever have a movement that you, were, that you found difficult or have you found the whole thing very easy? Um, so with Cassidy, it was it was quite tricky with the Pierre Passage. Yeah, yeah. And that's always been the, the, the tricky part. But he learned me so much about the flying changes. So yes. when I had Bohemian, who was a little bit tricky in the flying changes, I, 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 I came there with so much confidence. Yes. So that that sort of also becomes some of the good things with him, but it is often it comes down to the horse. I mean, I don't I don't have a specific exercise I love to do, no. but it depends on the horse. On Bohemian, I love to do piaffes. On Cassie, I love to do the tempies. So it yeah. depends on the horse, really. Yeah, and um, you've had so many amazing achievements. Um, but if you had to say what is your most treasured one, what would that be? Uh, Cassie's top ten win. Yeah. Two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. Was it was it the feeling of the test? You know, was it what was it about that? Yeah, it was the feeling of the test, and just I mean, <laughs> I just remember we were walking in <clears throat> in the warm up afterwards, and then we were just talking and chilling, and you know, haha. And then the score suddenly comes up, and it goes like back and forward between Isabel and I. Yeah, and I'm like Natalie, look, and she was like, I'm just talking. I was like, look, 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 look. And then before it sets in on our screen, the audience they're just screaming like in the ring. Ah! <laughs> and then it comes up and then yeah it's just show and it's always top 10 is special because I mean it is the 10 best riders in the world so it was crazy to win that one yes yeah um your comp your your uh you got silver at the European Championships this year on Bohemian Mm -hmm. can I ask you like were you so focused on the test or was there a moment in the test that you were like wow this is a really special test or did you just not have any time to think about that no I really had time to think about we really like tried to take as as lot of as possible with him. Um yeah. and this freestyle it was I mean, I love his new freestyle. I did it the first yeah. time in Tokyo and um yeah. and the choreography is it's super difficult but it suits him so well. So it offers me or it gives me time, joy and 
give him a little pet and talk to him. So I know I really had a fantastic feeling in, in the freestyle. And I also felt that he started to enjoy, which was fantastic. Like yeah. one, one thing is to, to, to push them through a test. But the yeah. second you, you feel, wow, now they start to enjoy it, then it's really <laughs> a joy. And then you're dancing together. So no, I, I really remember that test. And it was it was really, really fantastic. I bet you felt very emotional when you finished that. Yeah, it was. And um, yeah, also after Tokyo, with, which was a little bit of an, a disappointment, it was great showing the full potential of yeah. uh, Bohemian and I and uh, and being able to bring it to the table at the right moment. Yes. Oh, well, well done. It was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Finally, I've just got some quick questions from the listeners. Um, I know you're busy, so I don't want to hold you up. But No, no worries. No worries. Have you ever been starstruck? Uh, from any other riders somebody asked um have i um maybe not really starstruck but really like inspired and curious to know how the hell did they get so good but but never really starstruck i think no um who are your sponsors oh i have um I, i have yeah i have quite a lot but um some of my sponsors for many years yes and uh, the first one is uh, called edax and it's a danish uh, bag company yes and they were the first one to say well we want to support you and we believe in you for one olympic game one day oh, nice. and it's really many many years ago and it's it's a family that i know super well and i, I really love them yes and then i have um, a danish company called tolly company yes and they've also been with me since i was a junior rider and i know the family really well and they also like they are really like family to me yeah and then the um the, the saracen sponsorship food for the horses that's yes. my my three oldest sponsorships but i am also sponsored with saddlers from a danish company called ingdams yes so it's a little bit there's um there's quite a few companies but um but i with that said i i love to do long-term sponsorships or partnerships because i mean um and i often test the things for for years before signing up because i want to be sure that if i do like um yeah do commercials call like yeah Yeah. if i tell people well this is really good then i want to know that this is really good and also on the long term yeah have two of the same sponsors actually because i have finesse bridles and naf so yeah oh, yeah yeah exactly yeah. yeah and i've also had naf for many years now and I, i've used it for many years before i signed with them and yeah. the finesse bridle is something i i developed with with um with the founder myself and it's been a super fun project to to try to see if we could do something that was a little bit more comfortable a little bit better for the horses and i think we succeeded quite well with that Excellent. Um, someone said, "How many Sam Shield hats do you own?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not sure actually, but I, I've I've had I, I have quite a few. Maybe I don't know, ten, fifteen ish. Wow. Yeah. Somebody said, "Where do you keep your medals?" In a plastic box in a room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I I've never really uh, put put prices up on a wall really. Um, um it's it's more like i i love pictures of yeah. like that's more like memorable for me yeah yeah i have a few medals in in um yeah in a closet in in the living room but um but the rest is just yeah it's not the medal it's more like memory yeah yeah and someone else said two essential pieces of kit for your horses that you couldn't live without i know that will be hard as well but if you could name two treats yeah that's a good and <laughs> <laughs> hmm. 
one piece more. Yeah, it, it must be the bride, the bridle or the saddle, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we can't ride. No, but treats number one for sure. Um, do you have any superstitions? Quite a few. Yeah, <laughs> when I was younger, I was crazy with it. But I have this um, lucky pet called Gert, and he's <laughs> with me at every single competition. And I've had him for yeah, I don't know since 2010 I think or something yeah. um, and he's always with me and when, when I was younger I was like you know breeches and the same pair of socks and same rubber bands for my hair but I'm a, I'm a little bit more normal now but but get, yeah. get the, the, the lucky pet he's always with me and um, someone said what does it feel like to win a medal it's um yeah, again, it's it's not really the metal, but it's more like how the performance comes together. It's yeah. amazing to just imagine the metal is just like the very tip of the iceberg. Yeah. But underneath is like years of training, frustrations, things that goes wrong, things that go that goes well. Yeah. And then suddenly at, at just that very day, at that very like minute, everything comes together and it works out perfectly. And that's really rare, actually, and yeah. that's why it's so emotional when things, yeah, when when it when it happens, and everyone, you know, it, it's 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 not only me; it's a performance from the whole team, of course, from the trainers, from family, from partners, from sponsors, yeah. grooms, horse owners. It's everything, and that's why we are often quite emotional when when things goes really well. Yeah, that's, that sounds amazing, Catherine. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much because you wanted to to have me with you. It's been really good fun and super questions also from the listeners. It's really good. And hopefully we can do it again one day. It'd be really nice. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm up for it. Thank you. I'll speak soon. Bye. You're welcome. Talk to you. Bye. Catherine, thank you so much for being kind enough to share some of your amazing story with all of us. I really enjoyed talking to you. I felt really inspired and motivated and I'm sure everyone listening will agree that you have a really lovely way about you. You're very approachable, honest and fun to talk to. Your passion and love for dressage really stand out. I wish you all the best in the future. I think it's absolutely certain that you're going to continue to be on the world stage of dressage for many years to come. I'd like to thank NAF once again for supporting this episode. Catherine and I are both in partnership with NAF. NAF are key in helping horses to perform at their very best. The horses benefit from NAF's five-star supplements and applications. If you're interested, please check out Catherine and NAF on Instagram. I appreciate all of the support from everyone on sharing my episodes. Thank you very much for listening and until next time.